The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Nerds, discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Come geek out with Twink.com during February to celebrate Anime Month. We're celebrating with new items from top animes, including Demon Slayer, Naruto, My Hero Academia, and more. Use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your order. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric... What a bunch of losers. I am cruel. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is your intrepid trio, Kylan. Jebediah, I mean Eric, <laughs> and myself, Mike. How's everyone doing? Ah, <laughs> uh, good. And Eric's the quiet one. Uh, well, you know, I'm just I'm just pondering the wisdom that I have learned over the past week. That, of course, being uh, those of you with mustaches, take great care when trimming them because uh, one little oopsie <laughs> and presto, you are now an Amish lumberjack. <laughs> yes. So just call me Obadiah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I I do live close to Amish country, and I will have to say, the restaurants are so good. <laughs> you know, I live in Alabama, and I just re- I just learned that there is like an Amish restaurant, not just but a couple of hours away from me. Oh, dude! And it is it is supposed to be like OMG incredible. It's amazing. I'm saying that right now. I think I'm. I think I'm overdue for a visit. Go get you some Amish grub, there, young man. <laughs> you Kylan Abadaya. You get your microphone a little closer to you. Is that better? Yes. <laughs> so, um, check out the homepage. Support our affiliates that are on the right hand side of the column. Check them out. Supporting them helps support us. Um, also too, I haven't had a chance to get it up but as soon as, but listen to what I'm about to tell you, go to toink.com, use code geeks15 for 15% off your first purchase, free shipping anywhere in the continental U S. So, um, I will say I'm wore out after day one at the star cruiser. <laughs> and that's about all I can say at the moment. <laughs> Oh, I have seen so much. I have done so much. According to my watch, I walked six flights of stairs today. Wow. Yeah. Again, dude, I am I admit I'm I'm somewhat jealous because you know, those you know, we grew up, the three of us, we grew up loving Star Wars. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we've wondered, you know, what it would be like to work for star Wars in some capacity and when, and up till now that has been 
like working at Lucasfilm. Oh yeah. Right. You know, something like that. Um, cause none of us growing up would have realized that there would one day be a star Wars land. Well, uh, uh, no, where, where you could walk around inside the, the franchise. Well, as an adult, right. the closest we have ever gotten is star tours. Yeah. And, yeah, and that exactly. was, and even that was enough to to say I'm satisfied. When I went to this, this was my first solo trip to Disney. Was in 1992 for Jeopardy College tournament tryouts at uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios. Of course, at the time it was Disney MGM Studios. Yep. Uh, after the tryouts were over, they said, "You know, enjoy the park." Uh, you know, you're, you're, you got in, you've got your admission, um, you're free, you know, have a good time. The star tours was the very first ride that I rode mm-hmm. and it was it, it, at the time it felt like a dream come true. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as, and see, and here's where I go into grumpy old man, Eric, because if you were born after January, <laughs> 1987, right. You're in your you're in your early 30s, but the thing is, there's been Star Wars in the Disney parks your entire life, mm-hmm. because that is when Star Tours opened at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. It was 87, right? Yeah, 87. Yeah, yeah, 87. So yeah, 35. You'd be 35 now. By the way, happy birthday. So, but that's the thing. Up until then, that's been that, and we thought. Well, Lori, it'll, it'll never get better than this. I mean, we can actually walk around in the Star Wars universe. And then all of a sudden, here Disney comes with, oh, by the way, we're building an immersive land cruise. And Mike gets to work in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Right now. I'm a little jealous. Right now, that's all we're going to say. Because I like, my, I like my job and I respect my NDA. Well, also, you know, you haven't told us any more than that. Yeah, you haven't told us any more than that. I like my job. I respect my NDA. <laughs> and y'all, we have tried. We have tried. He won't. T- he won't share anything. <laughs> we, we've almost, you know, tied him up by his ankles and beat him with twigs. He still won't talk. Nope. <laughs> We've threatened to tape his eyelids open and force him to watch the holiday special. He still won't talk. Y'all, y'all have threatened to feed the Hydra agents in the brig beans and strap me to a chair. And yeah, I told you I still won't talk. No, no, I won't. I'll pass out nope. before I talk. <laughs> we, we, feed, we feed them the beans. You definitely will pass out. <laughs> Navy beans on top at Navy beans. That's the... Oh, uh, with baked beans. Are baked beans you think are worse? Oh, yes. Just, right. just think you Blazing Saddles. You seriously not watch Blazing Saddles. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, it's been a while. I have to go back and watch that again. <laughs> How about some more beans, Mr. Tech? I say you boys has had enough. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I Exciting times. Yeah, uh, I, I can't wait until I can say something. Um, but yeah, ex- exciting times. I, I'm at, at, one day and I'm already having fun. <laughs> at some point, we just need to dedicate an entire show. This have to be like a slow news week or something. Mm-hmm. And just talk about the Galaxy's Edge comics. Uh, and we add to that the Halcyon comics. Okay. We'll talk about those two. His issue one dropped last Wednesday, which was also my 24 year anniversary with Walt Disney World. Right. Well, there you go. So, yes, y- y'all, we're calling it now. There's going to be an upcoming episode, excuse me, issue, because we have issues. Yep. Thanks, Mike. Now I'm doing it. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'll be calling everybody Schwaffle. <laughs> huh? Three, two, one. I'm not a Schwaffle. There you go. <laughs> we have missed you, Thirsty. 
I am one of the most powerful computing systems on the planet, and this is how we are spending our time together? Just kidding. She has a point. She has a point. <laughs> Let's talk some Marvel. Um, how about we start off with this from the mothership itself, marvel.com. Okay. Characters of Marvel's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur revealed. Executive producer Lawrence Fishburne. Oh. Along with the creative team and cast gave an exclusive first look of the upcoming Disney Channel series. I have not watched this teaser, but I can't wait for it. Um, I've not watched the teaser, but I've seen the, the character designs. Characters almost have a slight Schoolhouse Rocks vibe to them. Yeah, almost. And I, a little bit more. And I dig it. Yeah. So um, during the Television Critics Association Winter Press Tour, as it's well underway, uh, during today's Disney-branded television panel, we got a first look at Moon Girl and Dinosaur debuting this summer on Disney+. Plus. Lawrence Fishburne and Steve Loder, executive producers, supervising producer Rodney Colden, and cast members Diamond White, who plays Moon Girl, Libby Bear as Casey, and Fred Tuscalori, or Tuscori, as Devil Dinosaur, were present to talk about the new series. So, uh, it follows the adventures of a 13-year-old super genius and her 10-ton T-Rex. After Lu- Luella, Lunella accidentally brings Devil Dinosaur into present-day New York City via a time vortex, the duo works together to protect the city's Lower East Side from danger. <laughs> um, Fishburne shared in a statement to EW, I'm overjoyed to share... A little black girl magic with the debut of Lunella Lafayette, her family, Devil Dinosaur, Casey, and the Beyonder. Um, so uh, they're hoping it will be a family favorite and an inspiration to younger generations. Now, actress and singer Diamond White will star in the channel's highly anticipated animated series as Lunella Lafayette. Uh, one of the smartest people in the uni- Marvel Universe, the 13-year-old protects her beloved Lower East Side community as the roller skating gadget wielding superhero known as Moon Girl. <laughs> additional cast members or additional cast includes Casey, who is a 13 year old Puerto Rican Jewish powerhouse, Moon Girl's manager and best friend. Her mission is to make Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur the most beloved superheroes. Uh, Lunella's dad, James Jr., is an optimistic, unconventional business person. He and his family run Roll With It. The last roller skating rink in New York City. Uh, Roll with it also happens to be James' personal credo, as he always looks on the bright side of life. <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. That's uh, that's the uh, Bridge Over River Kwai music. Yeah. Uh, the Colonel Bogey March. I'm sorry. Oh. Don't know. Always look, look on, on the bright side, bright of, life. side of life. Yeah, we picked all the lyrics because this is a show. <laughs> and then we also have Adria Lunello's mom is a social activist and musician who serves as as the DJ at Roll With It, the family-owned skating rink. Rounding out the rest of the cast, um, so Libby Barr. As Casey, Jermaine Fowler as James Jr. and Shashir Zamata as Adria. Now rounding out the cast, Alfrey Woodard as Mimi. Who we have seen in the MCU. And we've seen in in uh, in, uh, uh, Luke Cage. Yeah, she was Mariah. Yeah. So she's the first person in the MCU... And Marvel to have been in Marvel Television twice, the MCU, and animated and played three different characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Different hat Sounds trick. It's a, that's an MCU hat trick. That is. Because and it might be a Marvel, it might be a, a Jeopardy answer. So hold on to that one, folks. Because <laughs> who, who's the Walt Disney Company hat trick? You got uh, that being not win. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Marvel, Disney, and Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, you have Gary Anthony oh. Williams as Pops and Lawrence Fishburne playing the Beyonder. I love. Wow. They are bringing the Beyonder into this. 
Yes. Yeah. This is about the only way that you could bring in the Beyonder would be an animated. Yeah. 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 And, I, 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 go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I was just saying the fact that the producer is going to be voicing and the fact that the producer is Lawrence freaking Fishburne. And he's got the voice for it. Uh, he is. He is. I love him as an actor. Mm-hmm. He was in an adaptation of Othello mm-hmm. with yeah. Kenneth Branagh. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! That yeah. yeah. He, the 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 movie that I loved him in, and, and this is and this one that people probably don't even remember was um, Bad Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, and that movie like. It okay, and I'd seen him in other stuff. You know, I'd seen him in other stuff, but that movie, like, I don't know, for some reason, that role just wow. See, one of my favorite roles of his is uh, in Tuskegee Airmen. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in that. He was oh. the lead in that. Yeah. Oh, red, uh, red tails. No, yeah. not red tails. Tuskegee Airmen. Oh no, on yeah, HBO. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, of course, like we can't forget, we can't forget about we can't forget about the Matrix movies where he played Morpheus. Okay. Exactly. Um, my grandmother used to watch Blackish on TV. Yeah. Right. So you know he's been in he was in that. Hey, uh, you know he 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 was in Ant Man and the Wasp. True. So this is the second Marvel series for him. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to think. Yes, he was in CSI. That's where I was trying to remember him from. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Right. He was in CSI. Um. Okay, there's, yes, I remember this now. He was Ike Turner in What's Love Got to Do With It. Yep. Yes, yes. And we cannot forget, we cannot forget Cowboy Curtis in Pee Wee's Playhouse. <laughs> Oh, oh, Cowboy Curtis, Cowboy Curtis. You know, that's one of those that he's probably like, we we, we don't have to remember that, but it, it pops <laughs> up still. It pops up. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> there's something I wanted to think he was in. I'm looking over his, his stuff in IMDb because I'm trying to think there was. My brain wants to say he was in Event Horizon. Event Horizon. But yes, yes, he was. Uh, that was in 97. I was thinking the movie was earlier than that. But right. yes, he was in Event Horizon. I mean, the, the guy is an accomplished actor. He oh, can do yes. action. He can do action. He can do drama. He can do comedy and do it all well. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. all of it. So. And this is this is also not his first animated voice, you know, animated voice talent for Marvel. He was the Silver Surfer in Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer. <gasps> oh That's my right. gosh! That's right. He was the voice of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Yes, he was. So. Hmm. So yes, I, 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 so I'm, I'm forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, so him, so, so Fishburne and uh, Evans both you know, made, made that jump from the other Marvel to this yeah. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I just love, I just love when that happens, you know? From, from crap to gold. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, we'll call that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, he's. He he's got serious chops. There's no. He doubt. really does. He <laughs> he is, as they say, a beast. He really is. Yeah. You know. Uh, who, who knows? May, maybe he'll have a a very strong, aspiring career. Yeah. You know. I I think you know he might do something. Who knows? You know. A, a good up and coming <laughs> like him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there, there's hope. This you, young, you know what? I have a future in the business. 
<laughs> you know, I'm just going to throw it out there because why not? You know, Mr. Fishburn, we would love for you to come on uh, this little show of ours and, you know, just, just talk Marvel with us, you know, because, you know, that could be pretty awesome to uh, to to, to uh, spend a little time uh, hearing uh, your take on your time in the MCU. Oh, yeah. And we don't have to mention Cowboy Curtis once. I would not mention Captain Cowboy Curtis at all. No. Unless you want to. Then we can mention it. <laughs> but we could play Lawrence Fishburne, Six Degrees of Separation, to, P- to Star Wars. I could do it in one step. Really? You really want me to go there? Yes, we really yeah. want you to go there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lawrence Fishburne, Cowboy Curtis, and uh-huh. Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh-huh. Pee Wee Herman, played by Paul Rubens, who is the voice of... Rex, the original pilot in the original Star Tours, who is now DJ Rex in August Cantina. And dealer Rex in Book of Boba Fett. Yes. I was well, so okay glad. then. I was so glad to see that. <laughs> I, I'm glad to see more of the Rex models being used for a variety of things. I want yes. to see Rex as a chauffeur, and I, and I want to hear him use the phrase, it's my first trip, I'm still getting used to my programming. I would also love to hear him do the line out of uh, Johnny Cab. From- <laughs> Hope you enjoyed the ride. <laughs> uh, speaking of rides, Hawkeye, yes. Hawkeye deleted scene report. This is coming from comicbook.com. Uh, the next one, two, three, four, next five stories are coming from comicbook.com. Mm. That's including this one. Um, a Hawkeye deleted scene uh, report is reported could set up season two of Hawkeye, which I didn't know we were getting a season two, but I'm glad we're, we are. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Derek, yeah. Derek Bishop ended up only appearing in one episode and a new report says the character is supposed to have, was supposed to have more involvement in the show. In fact, the return of the character long thought dead um, by everyone involved in front of the camera was going to reportedly be a major twist in the closing moments of the show's first season. Now some are speculating the reveal could instead come in the second season of the show. Now the report comes from Cosmic Circus, so let's put this. Cosmic Circus is known for clickbait to some extent. Are we talking my mm-hmm. Bay level? Possibly. Okay. Um, I'm looking at their story on this on the site, and this is just speculation on their end. So. Uh, yeah. The report comes suggests that the show's writers' room had initially planned for Derek to come out of hiding in the finale, abruptly change, changing the status quo for his daughter, wife, and their newfound arch emesis, Wilson Fisk. The return of Derek Bishop at that moment, at this moment in the MCU, would be a layered reveal that could certainly provide some rich storytelling. As it stands now, Kate is technically without parents. She ended up turning her own mother in for crimes committed throughout the show. Um, so, yeah, all this is speculation at this point. Yeah. Right. And also keep in mind that deleted scenes are usually deleted for a reason. Right. Maybe they at one point toyed with it, but decided, no, let's not. Uh, like, it, you know, we're so. And y'all going to hate me for using this movie as a reference. Sweet home, Alabama. What? Yes, I'm actually <laughs> referencing that movie. Okay. There was a deleted it, isn't, scene. Isn't that required watching for all residents of the state of Alabama? No, no, no. The only, the only required thing is watching the Iron Bowl and listening to Leonard Skinner. Um. <laughs> No, there is a deleted scene at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, supposed to it was supposed to be an alternate ending. Okay, which don't tell me y'all ain't seen it. But there is a scene where she is kissing the the ex husband, but is still technically the husband because she forget she neglected to sign the divorce papers. Okay. There's a kissing scene on the beach just as lightning is striking. And, you know, the the husband walks in carrying her limp body saying Melanie Carmichael is dead. 
And then just say, you know, waiting for a moment and saying, long live felony Melanie. That was that was her original nickname. And so she's just kind of like opens her eyes and says, yay, it's a wonderful joke. And the director said, if you're watching this, you also know why we cut it because it sucks. Yeah. So, I mean, you can have you can explore things and you can have deleted scenes that that got into a. um an ending that they considered like that one. And also like in Robin hood, uh, the Disney animated Robin hood, there was an alternate ending where, you know, Robin got, it got injured, badly injured, escaping from the castle at the end. Right. You know, they did storyboards, they did uh, audio dialogue, things like that. But just because it's deleted doesn't mean necessarily that's something they want to pick up later. Right, exactly. Now, could that be a sub-arc in season two? Sure. But don't. I, I would not take it as gospel. No. No, no, no. Hmm. It's an interesting idea. Yes. So. It is, but I almost... I'm not sure that I really want... <sighs> I... I I would like to see Kate focus on her, her journey to become becoming a superhero without that extra baggage. You know what I mean? Right. I know exactly. I don't know. What you mean. There was so much focus on her family in season one. Yeah. Right. Let let's let, of course there was so much focus on family in general in season one. There are other stories that you can tell. Oh yeah, I would kind of like to see it. I, I and plus, you know, you got a whole possibility of a West Coast Avengers thing. I'm just saying, there there's just too much that they could do, and they don't need that. And the fact that we, well, uh, no, I, I'm pretty sure that Kingpin is going to be uh, having to deal with Echo. Yeah. yeah, and I'm I'm pretty sure Matt's going to show up again. So you know that's going to be fun. So, mm-hmm. hmm. yeah, I I'm just thinking. Let's yes, we want to keep seeing Clint's family. Yeah, especially now that we know that Laura was Agent Nineteen. Right. Right. Uh, I, you that, know. Yeah. Let let's 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 explore that. We we want some answers out of that. Exactly, you know, because uh, you know, we and we we we've discussed our theories here regarding Agent Nineteen, the mm-hmm. whole Mockingbird thing. What does this all mean? Uh, and does it mess with what we know from Agents of Shield? So you know, and uh, I'm, st- uh, I don't know, I. I I, I, I just think that there's plenty for Hawkeye season two that we don't need to rehash or yeah. revisit um, a dead father. Especially when you consider that basically it was her father's death that prompted her to, to go down this path. Right. It kind of cheapens that journey. Yeah. And you don't to want find to out really don't want well, to do he that. really wasn't dead. No. no, don't do that. He was only mostly dead. I mean, dead in you know. name. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. Oh, yes, you will. You'll be stone dead in a moment. <laughs> well, how about some new a story about Charlie Cox? Ah. Uh. We're going in blind on this one, aren't we? <laughs> I didn't see that one coming. I, I, I like how you horned that story in there. <laughs> I'd be lying, but that's up to Kevin Feige to do. Because apparently he's a very good liar. <laughs> um, <sighs> if you're going to be in the MCU, you have to have a penchant for lying. Andrew Garfield went through an entire year of press interviews consistently doubling down that he wasn't in No Way Home, only for December to roll around and Garfield pops out. Um, 
Then came Charlie Cox, the beloved star of Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix, despite rumors that said he also was appearing in the flick. Um, and of course, he does. Spoiler alert, but you know what? It's been over two months. So, <laughs> um, he does. But Cox continued to insist he wasn't in the future. As it turns out, Cox says Marvel's boss, Kevin Feige, is a pretty good liar himself. The two first came face-to-face in 2019 after Cox wrapped a show on Broadway one night. During the meeting, Feige didn't so much as bring up Daredevil once. I did a play in 2019 with Tom Hiddleston, and Kevin Feige came to see the play. Um, And then you know, I went and shook hands with him and said hi, and he said how much he enjoyed the play. Never mentioned Daredevil or anything like that. So it turns out he's a very good liar as well. <laughs> um, well, that's not necessarily lying. Spock was just, called that just, an exaggeration. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, I, the thing is, you, you can't, if you, if you got the goods like that, you, uh, I, I, I put to you like this. I'm one of those people where, and me and my wife, like when we watch the movie, it's somewhere usually about the first 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, wherever of the movie, we're sitting there holding hands, especially if it's a Marvel movie, because we're excited. Okay. And whenever something happens that I think is really cool, I'll squeeze her hand, you know, just because, oh, that's awesome. I tell you, in the 20 plus, well, 20, no, in the, what, we got, what, 12? Plus years. How many fingers did you lose? Uh, I did. I, I, I actually, oddly enough, I did. I almost crushed her hand. I had not squeezed. She said, you've never squeezed my hand that hard ever. I said, I'm sorry. When Charlie Cox showed up, I was just like, I literally, honestly, like, oh, uh, I, I I don't know. I it just I I crushed her hand. I literally crushed her hand. I almost broke it, but I I didn't do that because no, I, I you know I I didn't. But that was the best cameo. Well, yeah, yeah, cameo. That was the best cameo. I didn't need to know. Had I known that he was in it, that been okay. Hey, cool, awesome. But to not know. After all the buildup from Hawkeye, all the stuff that happened that week, and then boom, there he is on the screen. Now Daredevil is part of the MCU, which makes all the Marvel, uh, all the Netflix shows part of the MCU. That that was the best. It it couldn't have been. it, It would cheapened it if it was any other way. I'm just saying. Oh, there you go. Not that I'm a Daredevil fan or anything like that. Oh, no. no. <laughs> well, fans should be happy. Spider-Man No Way Home and Shang-Chi score Oscar nominations. Right. Uh, the two MCU films are both nominated for Best Visual Effects, mm-hmm. uh, which is the sole major nomination for each. They're also up against fellow nominees Dune, Free Guy, No Time to Die as well. While many Marvel fans hope to see Spider-Man No Way, no Way Home following the steps of the Black Panther with a rare superhero genre Best Picture nomination, it seems that that's not going to happen, though it was always a long, a long shot. Right. Um, we are incredibly proud of the film. It would obviously be a huge honor if it was nominated for an Oscar, but that's not how we like to validate ourselves. Holland told Fox 5, Washington, D.C. We like to validate ourselves with the love we receive from the general public. And so far, that has been through the roof. For me, this this film and this character, I've already achieved everything I would like to. So, uh, yeah. John Watts directed Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, he will, he'll next move on to directing Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four reboot, which is sure to be even more visual effects heavy. So, Yeah, unfortunately... Okay, here I'm going to get just a little salty. Mm -hmm. Oscars hate popular movies. They do. Mm -hmm. And they would much rather give themselves a pat on the back by awarding movies that 
nobody watches, that, that very few people have seen, but that's okay because pretty much nobody watches the Oscars anymore either. No, no. I mean, it, it's like the, the Babylon Bee came out with an article saying, you know, the um, you know, movie industry awards, you know, pre- presents movie nobody has seen with awards during a ceremony that nobody watches. Right. 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 And honestly, if you're a fan of Marvel movies, you know they're not – visual effects is pretty much the, the most that you can normally expect. Right. I mean – let, let, let's face it. If Black Panther, uh, Endgame, or Infinity War, if they, if they didn't, if they didn't, uh, and Black Panther was the closest because they at least got nominated, but if those didn't come away, if those weren't recognized by the Academy, the writings on the wall. Now I'm like, uh, there's a bunch of great Marvel movies out there. Yeah, I'm just saying those three were epic level. Yes. Uh, and of, even then they're like, no. Uh, of all the the Marvel movies, those three are probably the only ones that should be considered. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as we love the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Love them, but yeah. Yeah, but let's let's understand that's not best picture Oscar worthy. Right. Mm-hmm. No. Now, uh, uh, no, it's just not. A case could be made for Robert Downey Jr. for best actor mm-hmm. because, you know, just because Tony Stark was so integral uh, integral to, you know, to the MCU. Right. But I yeah, it's to this day I'm still stunned that Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King made a clean sweep at the Oscars was was nominated for a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. and what everything was nominated for because it was a popular movie right but you know what the difference is those three are based on literature which is the reason why dune gets the nod it's based on literature so even though it's fantasy even though we're talking about fantasy sci-fi is based on literature, so it's it gets a pass. Okay, I can see that. Oh, how dare you? Spider Man's literature. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. We're talking about the hero's journey right there, but you know, no, don't get me started. I'm a, I'm like Eric. I would get salty. I I, I would get <laughs> I I would get Firefly salty about yes. that. But you know, now, I, I mean, honestly. I, I it, it has been literally years since I have watched any Oscar presentation. I think the last time I watched Billy Crystal was hosting. Right. That ought to give you some idea of how long it's been. Now fans are upset that No Way Home failed to get a Best Picture nod. Um, you know, one person's going Spider Man No Way Home not receiving recognition for the Best Picture is ridiculous. It was a critical, financial, and audience beloved movie, even with Omicron. No Way Home amounted up to 17% of the yearly theater ticket sales in two weeks, helping theaters just keep lights on. And, you know, sometimes it's not what it... There needs to be another category around Best Picture that ties in all of that. Ticket sales, critics, response, yada, yada, yada. But if you do that, then films like what did get nominated for best picture would never have a chance. Right. So you, 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 you skew your bias completely the opposite direction because then you will end up having your pop culture favorites getting in. Yeah. See, but the thing is, it's not about popularity. Actually being popular hurts your Oscar chances, period. It does. It, it does. Unfortunately. Yeah. You know, he- heaven forbid, heaven forbid a bunch of people like your movie then obviously it's not well written or cause the people get it. Heaven forbid. Yeah. Don't get, don't, um, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm gonna stop. Cause I got feelings about that. Here, here's someone who's not stopping. Elizabeth Henstridge speaks out on 
Agents of Shield joining the MCU. It should. Um, now she has two minds about reprising her role as Jim. Gemma Simmons in the MCU. Fans who followed the series um, through its seven seasons will remember it stayed closely tied to the films. It spun out directly from the Avengers and often included episodes leading into or coming out of other movies. Mm-hmm. But the show, as the show went on, it seemed to, to drift further and further away from the MCU canon. Well, reason for that. Ike Perlmutter. Exactly. So things have changed with actors from the Marvel series showing up or the, the Marvel series, the Netflix series showing up in the MCU. Uh, it seems like nothing is off the table when it comes to the possibility of returning legacy characters. Um, comicbook.com had that in mind when speaking to Henstridge about her new Apple TV series suspicion when asked if she wanted to reprise her role as Simmons in the MCU or she's happy with how Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ended, she said yes to both. I'm satisfied with how it ended. I think at the end of season five, we thought that was it, and then we would, and then to get two more seasons was just a joy, and I feel like we, such a joy, and I feel like we so much. I loved how, I loved how it ended. I didn't think I would ever feel ready to walk away from a show. I think the writers did a really great job. Yet she says, I'm also, I'm so proud of that final episode. And I think, yeah, we left it in a beautiful spot, but equally I would love, I loved being on that show. I love that family. I love playing Simmons. So yeah, I would always be open to reprising the role. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. and you know, we don't have to have, we don't have to have much to connect it. No. Right. All we need is like Daisy or May. Or, dear God, I want to see Mac just so I can have the 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 axe shotgun again. Oh man! <sighs> I mean, yes, absolutely. Bring him in as the next Nick Fury, mm-hmm. and and sporting that shotgun, just really just a cameo <laughs> from any of them. Right. That's all you really need. Mm-hmm. Because you do that, and all of a sudden, bam. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is back in the MCU where it belongs. Yep. Right. I tell you what, man. I, I miss that shotgun axe. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, that is something out of a role-playing game right there. I'm telling you. It really is. It legit is. Like, it was a... Oh, man. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how about some collectibles news? Sure. That in a while. Uh, there's a new series of Marvel Legends X-Men figures up for pre-order. Today, Hasbro Pulse, uh, yeah, today as we're recording, um, which is not our normal Thursday. Shh. Um, no, we hadn't heard much from her tonight. Yeah. Uh, revealed its latest wave of Mar- Marvel Legends figures, and it's pretty excellent. There are seven figures total, all X-Men characters with outfits and sculpts inspired by their comic book appearances. The new pre-orders will include Wolverine, Siren, Havoc, Vulcan, Maggot, Darwin, and Sabretooth. Siren looks good. Havoc looks good. Build-A-Figure, Bonebreaker. That right there could get me getting the whole set. Yeah. I I love Bonebreaker when you first saw him in the comics. Him and the new Reavers. Him and Pretty Boy and Skullbuster. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Is that not that is a sweet figure. Y'all y'all who can't see it, you know, go go to popinsider.com where you can find this article. Yep. Mm-hmm. And look at the pictures. Oh yeah. Because not only is he a cool figure, he is pretty close to comic accurate. Mm-hmm. Man, looks amazing. Uh-huh. It's a great looking figure. I love his facial expression. <laughs> I, I mean, he's got that. It's like a, it's, it's almost like he saw something incredible. It's like, whoa, that's cool. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Mm-hmm. Also, too, uh, Hot Toys adds new Doc Ock figures to its movie masterpiece collection. Uh, just like in No Way Home, 
this one-six scale version of Alfred Molina as Doc Ock wears a turtleneck trench coat and his iconic robot arms. His features he features a newly developed hand-painted head sculpt, posable tentacles with articulated claws extending from his back, a pair of goggles, a tentacle spear, and more. That head looks great. I had, to, I had to look at it, you know, a couple of times just to make sure that's not a real person. Right now, yeah, but wait, there's more. Fans can also collect a special one one six scale Doctor Octopus deluxe version that includes four additional interchangeable nanotech tentacles. This allows hardcore Spider-Man fans to actually recreate the fight scene between Doc Ock and Peter Parker, sold separately. That's crazy. The yeah. de- the facial detail. I mean, look at the detail in the coat. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, this whole thing is so detailed. It, it, it's hard to believe they can get that kind of detail into a one six size. Yeah. Right. I mean, it looks like it, it looks like it ought to be at least twice that. Yep. 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 So, wow. um, also too. New Funko Soda. It's uh, another collectible. Uh, it's not real soda. It's soda figures. Uh, right. Latest flavors are trick or, trick or Treat, Sam, Frankenstein, Dark Side, The Witcher, and more. There's even a Marvel Carnage exclusive. Really now? Yep. So note that each limited edition can of Funko Soda contains a four and a quarter inch vinyl figure a mm-hmm. hog-shaped collector card, and a chance at a super rare chase figure. Since there's no window on the can, you won't know if you had the chase until you open it. Right. Hmm. The breakdown of the new figures can be found below with the addition size. Uh, right now, you can pre-order this from in- Entertainment Earth. I mean, that that's how I ended up, because I, I have I have the the Funko Pop Soda of um Sam Sam Wilson Captain America and I lucked out and got the chase. I didn't even know what the chase was until, you know, and I was like, what? And I didn't realize how rare that thing was. And I, I have to admit, I, I, I broke open the um the bag. Cause, you know, it, it was a gift. And wow, it looks amazing. It yeah. really does. Um Eric, why don't you talk about this and this next topic since you're the one who brought it up after we recorded last week i'm talking about captain carter okay um i'm gonna have to find the story because i don't remember i don't remember much about it i just saw captain carter gets a comic see what the mcu does yeah. <laughs> it inspires <laughs> uh, okay i can't find it uh let me do this well i've got the first design look here, I can't, well, I can't find it on the computer. Let me, let me look at it. Was under Facebook Messenger. Yeah, I know, but I can't pull up Facebook Messenger on my computer right now. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Oh, well, that's not good. So, looks like uh, Marvel Comics is. Let me. There we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a teaser. Tra- it's a teaser trailer for. Captain Carter getting her own Marvel comic coming in March. And it's, it's funny because it's inevitable. We will record right. on Thursday and a hot story will drop on Friday. Yep. That's it. That's always the way. Pretty much. Yeah. So uh, she's got a slightly different designed costume. Uh, it does not quite look like the what if costume, but it's her. She's got the shield. And, you know, we don't really know much about it yet. Right. Other than it looks like it could be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, For that's y- a poster. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, that's the funny thing. Uh, y'all just listening in, you, uh, Mike is the one that usually grabs the stories. Mm-hmm. So when he does this, it's just kind of like, he'll like bait and switch and, and put it on one of the others of us. <laughs> hey, try to share the love. <laughs> yeah, just like you shared the love with Tom Brevoort. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> yeah, y'all, y'all just if if you've not heard our interview with Mr. Brevort, go go look it up. It, it is. <laughs> uh, we we start off. Uh, we get him on. We start recording, and Mike does the welcome to Mighty Marvel Geeks. Eric, why don't you introduce our guest and runs? Yes, I don't remember why I had to run. It, I think it was you. You had you had to uh, see to something off you know off the mic. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean the 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 new outfit design. Um, it it looks like I'm trying to think what it looks like. It kind of reminds me a little bit of the stealth suit. Like what Steve yes. had in Winter Soldier. Yeah. Yes. Um, except that kind of like one third of her front is the Union Jack. Right. Like vertically. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, there is, they do, uh, on Marvel.com, they do show uh, the first look of the uh-huh. outfits with character tees. Yeah. And there is a stealth suit at- as well. Okay. And the stealth suit looks pretty cool too. So. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I I don't know. I I may pick up the series, or at least the first it, issue. It's got my interest. It looks like it could be interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, any final thoughts, guys? I like Peggy's no. a bit better. I second what my I second what Eric said. Okay. And Thursday, if you would please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Uh, no. Just time to go dark.